This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Everyone, welcome to Green Talk Radio. This is your host, Sean Daly. Today, we have the latest installment in our ongoing Green Blogger series. Ariel Schwartz is a writer and blogger focused on clean tech and related topics. She serves as the editor of cleantechnica.com. She's a blogger for triplepundit.com and also a writer for fastcompany.com. A former contributor at greenbiz.com, she previously worked in publishing, organic farming, and newspaper journalism. Her recent articles and blog posts include Concentrated Solar Power Could Generate 25% of the World's Electricity by 2050 and Why You'll Be Surfing the UK This Summer, Europe's First Artificial Reef is Nearly Done. I want to hear more about that one. Ariel currently resides in San Francisco, California. So Ariel, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Well, I'm so glad you and I got to meet briefly down in San Francisco at the Green Options Vergence event a a while back and um, didn't really get to talk to you very long. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity to get to know you along with the listeners today and have been a big fan of your writing for some time, uh, particularly your coverage of things like alt fuel jet skis and you, you cover like all the really cool stuff you know the the gadgets and the uh and the devices and the recreational stuff as well as uh, solar and alternative energy so anyway really glad to have you on the show um i would like to just hear maybe first the story of how you came to be involved with green blogging and also just writing in general sure well um i've always wanted to be a writer ever since i knew that that was a career possibility um but when I guess when was int- that, by the way? When, when did you first uh, identify that? <laughs> I think probably around second grade. Before that, I wanted to be a professional speller. And then once I <laughs> once those dreams were crushed, I decided... <laughs> oh, no. What happened? <laughs> did you have oh, a my, bad my, spelling Oh, my parents beat? broke it to me. That it just wasn't possible. It wasn't so. happening. It, it wasn't yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, but I guess my interest in uh, writing about environmental topics came when I was in college, actually, and I saw this movie called uh, The End of Suburbia, which I probably wouldn't recommend watching now because it's a little bit dated. Um, but basically, it's all about peak oil and how once we get to um, like the point in oil supply where we are producing uh, the most we will ever produce, and then every year after that, you produce less and less and less, and basically society just powers down. Um, and the movie was really, uh, it was really, I mean, it was propagandist and it freaked me out, um, beyond belief and sort of made me like, Oh no, what am I going to do? Like, how can I help fix this? Um, so the first thing I did was I actually came out to California and spent some time working on an organic farm, which I really enjoyed, but realized, um, my skills, aren't don't really lie I guess in the farming realm and I probably would be better off just writing about these things and spreading the word so that's how I ended up getting started now I know that clean tech is a special focus for you Mm -hmm. Uh, when when did that come about I mean what did you start writing about and then how Mm -hmm. did you transfer over to into clean tech 
Um, actually, it happened pretty randomly because when I started writing for Green Options, I started on ecolocalizer.com, uh, which is more just about um, what small communities are doing um, to go green, not specifically in clean tech, just like community gardens, bike sharing programs, stuff like that. Um, and then actually Clayton Cornell, who was at the time um, the managing editor of Green Options, approached me and asked if... I wanted to start focusing more on clean technica because they were looking for a lead writer. And I said, well, I don't really know much about clean tech. And he said, that's okay. You'll figure it out. And so I got started. And I mean, when you spend so much time every day um, reading about things that are going on, you, you catch up pretty quickly about what's going on in the clean tech world. So, well, As long as we're talking about clean tech, yeah. why don't we talk, break down the term? Because I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding about what that actually encompasses. And I know that even I, at times, have had a little bit of a ambiguity of a, uh, understanding myself. I guess it's hard. It's a really hard thing to define. But I would say just anything, um, any type of alternative technology, like off the grid, um, that has minimal carbon emissions, has a minimal um, just general um, environmental footprint. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's a hard term to describe. I get, any sort of like electronic device, I guess, that um, helps people lower their own carbon footprints, I guess it would also fit under under that. Sure. And, that, and that, so that can be pretty broad, too. That's, I guess that's why yeah. we see some of the, the things that are out there that uh, some people wouldn't necessarily normally associate with, with clean tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it's and I guess because it's such a broad term, it's it's, it's a large it represents a large industry. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think are some of the more common misconceptions about clean tech that you're seeing out there these days? Um, that it's all, you know, for tree hugger hippies that just want to power down and that it's all about um, getting off the grid, every, getting off the grid and making everything in your life smaller, which I mean, that's great if that's what you want to do. But I don't think that's necessarily um necessary like i think one of the uh, most important things coming down the pipeline is um electric vehicles and plug-in hybrids um you know it's not like people will have to start driving less it's just a different um method of powering cars you know even even trucks it's not like people even have to um you know drive smart cars or other tiny cars like there are evs coming down the pipeline that will be, you know, big enough for construction workers to take their tools to work. Now, I know that you really keep a finger on the pulse of what's happening, and, and that must be very challenging with just how much is going on in this industry. I mean, there's just it's overwhelming. What, what do you use for resources to, to do that? I keep track of, I don't know, hundreds of websites um, with the feed reader. And... I also rely a lot on um, press releases and just people sending me tips and contacting me. Um, but I think some of some of my favorite sites, that sort of my, my go-to sites, I would say um, Green Biz. And I'm not just saying that because I used to write for them. They are great. Um, it is a good site. I agree. It's a great site, yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that it's actually um, – it's not just greenbiz.com. They also have like other sites focusing on green computing, climate, um, green building stuff like that. Um, but also green tech media is a great one for like more, um, hardcore business stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I love green options in general, like besides clean technica, I always use, um, now for when I'm writing stories for fast company. As well. 
So I know you must get pitched by a lot of PR people because <laughs> uh, I know I do, and I, I'm not even nearly as focused as you are on, on one sector. How do you separate the wheat from the chaff with the products that you must be constantly being and technologies that you're constantly being uh, pitched? Uh, in other words, greenwashers from non-greenwashers and you know promising technologies from just somebody who's funded. I mean, I think after a while, like since I spend so much time like reading about everything that's that's com- that's going on, I. I, I can start to sense patterns of when things are being repeated and it's just not new technology we're covering, like carbon calculators, for instance. There are so many carbon calculators out there. And if someone pitches me on a carbon calculator, I'm like, well, okay, this is not worth covering. There are so, you know, you, it's exciting. It's great that you're doing this, but there are a million other people doing it too. So I, I feel like at this point, it's become pretty easy um, to separate out real innovations from just copycats. Well, I want to hear a little bit more about that. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to hear about some of your favorite technologies and some of the most uh, promising innovations and inventions that you see coming out over the next few years. But we're going to take a break break right here and we'll be right back. We're talking with Ariel Schwartz. She is a clean tech focused writer and blogger. She serves as the editor of cleantechnica.com, blogs for triplepundit.com, and also writes for Fast Company. And this is Sean Daly. We'll be right back. And we're back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly, and I have with me today Ariel Schwartz, and she is the latest installment in our Green Blogger series. Ariel is a clean tech focused writer and blogger, serving as the editor of cleantechnica.com, blogging for triplepundit.com, and also more recently has started writing for Fast Company. Um, and I, you know, actually, uh, we talked about the inventions, and I'll, uh, I want to get to that and the innovations that are coming up. But I, I wanted to hear about it's a bit, it was a big change for you to move from uh, just blogging for, uh, you know, I think some of the green blogosphere type sites, which are very good, but Fast Company is definitely a you know, more funded, uh, larger media entity. What's mm-hmm. that been like for you as a writer uh, in transitioning? Um, it's been fun, but it's also it's interesting because. Um, Whereas with Clean Technica and the other sites, it's sort of like I just decide what I want to post and then I put it up and there's no one really editing it or, you know, formatting my images. It's all up to me. Um, whereas with Fast Company, I still I still choose the topics I want to write about, but there's an editor that takes a look at everything and schedules it out. There's a copy editor. There's someone who, who you know, takes care of images and will sometimes like put in new images or take things out. People are constantly tweaking my headlines. <laughs> so... I think at first it was kind of hard to get used to, um, although I like spent some time uh, working in a newspaper. And so I, you know, I'm used to people editing my work. But like when I write, you know, five posts a day and you see that every headline has changed, I'm like, hmm, maybe I have to work on my headline writing skills. Um, well, that's a positive way to look at it. So it's, it's actually helping you. You're learning from it. You're not just sitting there sort of grumbling yeah. under your breath uh, at your yeah. editors. But it's, I mean, it's great. Like these people are professionals and it's always great um, having people editing your work. You know, there's nothing negative about it. That's great. And and so, well, let's get to the innovations that we were talking about before the break. Uh, tell us about some of your favorite ones that you've seen and that you think are uh, coming up that will be significant for uh, the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of the coolest projects I've seen, um, which I guess – doesn't really sound that exciting until you think about it, but it's this uh, smart grid transmission project called the Green Power Express. And it's basically um, this 3,000 mile wind power um, superhighway that's going to bring uh, 12,000 megawatts of wind energy from 
rural areas in the Midwest that have tons of wind to uh, cities in the Midwestern and Eastern U.S. So, and I think um, trans- big transmission projects like this are like going to be key in the next few years in general, just because people don't think about the fact that um, not so with solar energy, but more so with wind energy, these huge wind farms are always going to be out, you know, where the wind's blowing, where, you know, in the middle of the fields in the Midwest where there aren't any people, but you need a way to bring all that power to everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. So you could bring you could build as many uh, wind farms as you want, but without these huge transmission projects, you know, they're not any use to anyone. So I'm pretty excited to see that happening. Um, I'm hoping we'll see some more, uh, big transmission line projects in the future because I think that's really going to uh, make or break the smart grid. Well, anything else uh, that's maybe even on more of the, the fun or the playful side? Um, actually, what you mentioned earlier, the uh, Europe's first artificial reef, I think, is pretty cool. Now, it's it's going to be um, mostly, I mean, advantage for surfers because – um, it's basically just creating artificial waves with the reef, um, like 13 foot high waves. But I mean, it's not just providing the waves. It's also, um, going to increase biodiversity off the coast, which is great. So it's sort of like a two in one thing. And it's also, um, you know, it's going to revive the coast, the economic, um, like tourist sector out there. Cause I guess it's been, uh, it's off the coast of Bournemouth in the UK. So I guess it's sort of a, a flailing tourist area, but now they're building all these new beach huts and a restaurant and like surf shops and all this new stuff because of the artificial reefs. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's interesting. Is there, <laughs> is there any chance of that being a solution for some of the reefs that are disappearing in other parts of the world of sort of an augmented version of that to help, uh, you know, cause the corals are, are disappearing. Is there any, any uh, hope for uh, replacement technologies? Uh, uh, that- oh, that's a good question. Honestly, I haven't. I'm not really sure that <laughs> these artificial reefs can can do that much. Um, I mean, I think basically these structures—they're just like giant bags pumped with sand um, that will just shape the wave energy of the sea. Right. So it's just strictly for recreational uh, and tourism purposes, uh, not not ecological right. re- restoration. Now, Ariel, I know that you're involved, as most green bloggers are, in social media. Um, how do you feel, or do you feel? that social media and the internet can further the purposes of the environmental movement. Yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, I think my favorite example of this is uh, last year, I wrote an article for Clean Technica about One Block Off the Grid, which is um, basically it's a, a service that gets together a group of people in a city and then uses the power um, you know, of all those people who want to install solar to negotiate better prices with installers. And so I wrote a piece about this. And it went popular on Dig, which for anyone who doesn't know is uh, one of the biggest um, social media networks or social media services, I guess. Um, and one block off the grid contacted me and told me that within a day they'd received 60 new signups on their website. Wow. Just a big deal because solar isn't cheap. So it's a lot of people. And um, I just, I mean, I feel like writing about these things, it's so rare that you get feedback afterwards to find out how people have followed up on what, you, on what you've uh, written about. This was a great example just showing that people do follow up and real changes do happen just from getting things noticed on, you know, these social media sites, not just cranky people, you know, making negative comments, which is a lot of what you see. So what's your absolute favorite topic to write about? What do you have the most passion for of all of it? 
my favorite topic to write about? That's a good question. Um, I'm actually, I'm really into green building, which I don't write about that much just because um, the way things have turned out, I write a lot about green business and a lot of that is more DIY type stuff. Um, but just like, I love um, green building materials, uh, talking about cob. Actually, I, I helped lead a cob workshop a couple of years ago and got really into that. Now explain to us what, what cob is for people who won't know what you mean. Um, it's like, okay, it's a building material made up of clay, sand, straw, water, and, uh, just like mud. And you basically, uh, you can build anything out of it. You just, I built a cob oven, a cob bench and making it requires, uh, rolling it up into like a kind of hot dog shape and then stomping on it. (laughs) So it's kind of like a really fun activity Mm -hmm. to build. Um, and it's not, um, waterproof so you do have to cover cob structures with with other things but they're really um tough they have really good insulation like amazing insulation and they uh hold up really well to natural disasters and earthquakes and things like that interesting i i've seen that in your profile and i've seen you mention it before but i actually wasn't <laughs> quite sure uh, about that so i wanted to i wanted to yeah. find out more about it. so do they use it also in things like in like you know modern rammed earth homes or is it that still mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually it's pretty big out here in Northern California. Lots of workshops. So my last question for you today is, what does the future hold for Ariel Schwartz? Oh, boy. That's a big question. Um, <laughs> I have no idea because, honestly, like if you'd asked me a year ago what I would be doing, this is probably so far from anything I'd even think of. Um, I, I'd like to keep doing what I'm doing for as long as possible, um, just expand my reach, write for new outlets. Um, but I mean, it's so hard because this is sort of always my dream was to, you know, write about something that I care about. Well, you're, li- then, you're living the dream then. And it's just more, exactly. more of the same, I guess, really. That's, yeah. that's a good place to be. Yeah. And, and we, we've been, uh, you've been kind enough to do some guest blogging for us on uh, the Blue Living Ideas and Green Living Ideas uh, site. So I should mention that as well. I'd be remiss in not mentioning that yeah. to our listeners. And we've really enjoyed those have been very, very popular articles for us. And so we certainly hope to see more from you there uh, for our audience. And uh, we wish you continued success with Fast Company and at Virgin Screen Options and, and just in general. And we thank you uh, so much for being with us today. Thanks so much, Sean. So Ariel Schwartz is a cleantech-focused writer and blogger. She serves as the editor of cleantechnica.com, blogs for triplepundit.com, and also writes for fastcompany.com. And you can follow her on Twitter, if you like, as Ariel HS. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next time on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. More great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.